Good evening, everybody. How's it going? This is Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching, and I am excited to be bringing you a second edition of our Big Wheel Coaching podcast, and we're just getting up and going here. It's Thursday evening, so we're recording the night before we release things, and I am joined by my lovely wife, the founder of our company, and uh, my business partner, my wife, my mother of our son, Seamus, um, Joy, it's so excited. Uh, this is a project we've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for um, putting it all together and, and making uh, our podcast a reality now. That's great. Well, I'm really excited to be able to talk with you and just have a conversation together basically with our experience from all the years that we've been coaching athletes and you far before you were a coach you were a, a PE coach and so you you're a PE teacher and a coach and so you have a great uh, just a tremendous amount of experience to be able to offer and one thing that we're going to start with we're going to we're going to talk about an article that was written by Carrie Cheadle and published on Training Peaks and it's called Developing Mental Toughness are you tough enough? And both of us have had the good fortune to meet Carrie Cheadle. And I've had the opportunity to, uh, well, I read her book and she's signed. Um, Big Wheel Coaching has a copy of her book and it's signed. And we've been to multiple presentations that she has hosted. And she's just a fantastic speaker, but also a really, really keen athlete herself on discussing the mental skills necessary to help athletes perform their best. And I think that's a really important thing for us to start out with in this podcast, because one thing that I think we always try to do at Big Wheel Coaching is we want to help you perform the best you can on event day, regardless of where you're at, because setbacks are a portion, they're just a reality with what we do. You can't always arrive with your best, best fitness, but you can always arrive with the best mental outlook to be successful on that day. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I think one of the the big memories I had of meeting Carrie Cheadle, Brian was so excited. <laughs> we had to, I was like, Brian, you got to go ask her for, for a photograph with, with her book. And, and she's such a down to earth woman and and you know you spoke of I used to teach physical education and I started teaching sixth graders so I taught sixth through 12th grade PE and that's where you really see the roots of mental toughness being generated and being created and the battle out there on on the the running field are you like hey wait this is the many children knows the first time they'd ever run a mile for time and you see that inner battle and What's really cool now, I mean, fast forward 10, 15 years later, if not longer, those kids that I was teaching then have now accomplished great feats. And to see them now and telling me, you know, what they, they've been able to surpass and overcome and, and see them, you know, now doing marathons and some of them are racing bicycles and, and charging forward, just seeing how that mental tough, toughness that was fostered at a really young age and and set in stone and and like the choice was made you know you kind of am i gonna zig or am i gonna zag and to see where they've come now and, and a lot of times we see that for our athletes as we're we're thinking you know olympic level toughness and it's no this is like everyday mental toughness that is we can equate to any and everyone on a daily basis 
That's great to hear you say that. Everybody can get better from this, right? The, the article starts with the, just the title says developing mental toughness, right? It doesn't say, it doesn't say it's like there's like some finish line that you, uh, you cross that finish line. Okay. I, I have mental toughness. It's just like our athletic journey, right? Our fitness is always developing and, and we're improving and we're making it, adding more layers to our fitness, right? Well, the mental side of being an athlete is really important. It's the same way. There's many dimensions to it. And I think that's what's really great about this article is it breaks it down into four basic parts, right, that we're going to discuss and kind of share some anecdote of what what we've seen our athletes and how how they've They've been successful by applying these things. So one of the things that that I thought was really important is just to kind of read the the intro to this this article. And like I said, we'll we'll link to it on our uh, through the website. And it just says being mentally tough can make the difference between meeting your goal or falling short. And it's really interesting to think about that for a moment, because if we think that how many times, Joy, would you say uh, the first thing on an athlete's mind is is that they should be mentally tough and how that will influence their performance? Is it is it reasonable to think that most people assume that the physical fitness, their their ability to perform the work necessary, is their first maybe uh, their first and, and highest focused? Yeah, well, it's a good question. I think with the the dawn of the digital age here everything looks so glamorous and that it's very easy to get stravacate QOMs and KOMs and that the Instagram photos make it look pretty easy. And you have people documenting, you know, their, their efforts outside and it just looks so pretty and shiny um, from, from sitting on the couch scrolling through. And I think that's maybe, no, it might taint the, the, the thought process a little bit. So some, some people maybe underestimate the mental toughness that toughness that it's going to take to go out there and actually meet their goals. That is profound right there is if you're underestimating how much, how difficult this journey will be, then maybe you're, we're not appreciating it as an athlete. We're not appreciating that it is a journey and thinking of, of a goal as a destination. And that's a really important place to start is recognizing that this is a journey. There's a lot to be learned. And something that I love about athletics is it's what it, it's what it reveals in our character and allows us to then work on, right? There, there have been plenty of times in events that I've done or you have done, you know, and you maybe find something that you're, you know, you don't, you wish you were mentally str more strong in a situation or you wish you would have reacted more calmly or something like that. But that's part of this journey is recognizing that those things come out. Then we go back to training. We work on those things and we revise, repeat and improve. Right. And that's something that I love about being a coach is being able to help people that see that, that as it's a process, it's not just as if, okay, we could just make you as fit as possible and then you can run and do whatever you want. This is, this is a matter of developing your entire personal characteristics, your physical and your mental. Well, I think where that comes in is, is Carrie's initial point here is commitment. And, you know, what we work with a lot with our athletes is the why, you know, is why, why do you want to do a double century? And I've had athletes say, because my friends are doing it. And I'm like, Hey, 
I will do a 50 minute coffee shop ride because my friends are doing it, but I can't commit to anything pretty much any longer than that because somebody else want, is doing it and they think it's a good idea. So kind of getting to the root of, of commitment, is the athlete committed? And we all, you know, believe we're committed at some, some extent, but when we kind of line out like, Hey, this is, you really want to achieve this goal. You want to achieve goal X. And here's A through Z that needs to be accomplished in order to get there. Like you have to have some real talk with them um, and then see where that commitment lies. And of course, depending on where where the goal is, if it's a, you know, reach like reach for the stars type goal or if it's a more um, stepping stone type goal that that's going to be very achievable. If it's a soft goal. So I think commitment is then where everything kind of starts to settle in and, and we're out there, you know, in Southern California, we've had a super rainy winter, which is, is fantastic, but we've seen people's commitment waver. And that's where we come back to looking at the goal setting of, you know, I'm not, it's not my goals that are, are maybe going to fall by the wayside as an athlete, you know, as a coach, but then we have to sit down and say, Hey, if we, if you've, not been able to ride for six days because you refuse to ride on the trainer, but you have these goals. What are our other options? What can we do to help change that commitment um, and see if we can actually mitigate those setbacks and so that you can get back on track for those goals? So I think commitment really is, an, and as Carrie led with it here in her article, is like, hey, you gotta, you have to create the goal setting process and then really strengthen the commitment. There's a great quote that I think we need to bring into this con this conversation, and that is, he who knows his why can bear almost any how. He who knows his why can bear almost any how. And I think that's so powerful for people, because if you know why you're doing something, then when adversity strikes, there's no question, there's no wavering. Your commitment level is such that it's a foregone conclusion. You, it's not a matter of if you achieve your goal, it's when. And you're, and we, we all know being an athlete, you're going to have setbacks. It's just the nature of, of how we do things. When you push your limits, you're going to find places where you falter. And I think something that's so, so important with goal setting is just accepting and maybe even surrendering yoga talks a lot about our yoga practices about accepting and surrendering to a pose, right? And it's allowing our body to give us what it will give us. And and having acceptance is not a, a form of defeat. In actuality, it's a way to persevere and push further because you're recognizing that we can drive beyond where we're at and we will as long as we keep moving forward, right? A classic endurance sporting uh, adage is you don't have to move fast. You just have to keep moving. And that's part of that acceptance thing is that we get so wrapped up in going fast that we lose the notion of that forward momentum is actually what we're trying to preserve. And so I think just like you said with goal setting, Right. Those soft goals or those short term uh, strategic goals are just so powerful for people and they allow us to continue to press forward and and continue to press forward in the face of adversity and, and maintain a high level of commitment. No, for sure. And I think, um, you know, that's that's where she walks through, you know, really, you know, goal setting and we like to pare it down. You know, you 
you don't want to squash anyone's um, dreams and you want to make sure, okay, let's, you kind of got to put them in the, in the fire a little bit to, to see, you know, what they can handle because it, it simulates what the event's going to bring because there's going to be stress. There's going to be duress. There's going to be anxiety. There's going to be huge setbacks. And the more we can kind of simulate that within the training naturally, we're not going to, you know, sabotage their tires or, you know, you know, blow a sidewall out, but we have to embrace those and kind of say, Hey, this isn't a setback. This is a learning. You know, I say, Hey, we're practicing racing. We're going to go and I'm going to blow through all my gear. And so by the time I get to race day, I'm going to have everything dialed from, you know, what I'm wearing all the way to my nutrition and, and how I'm going to pace the event. And so, you know, with the goal setting, um, I think that's a good way for her. She brought in the next is focus. And if you're mentally tough um, and being under pressure, so you've already created your goals um, and now you're focused and now you're, you're getting that pressure. And so what she likes to, to look at and highlight here is, is in your training, we're going to train for adversity. And I think, you know, that's something here in, in the McCulloch household, we've embraced adversity since the beginning of time. You know, and that's something it's like, bring it on. Let's let's see how we can better ourselves and and never had the easy street, so to speak. So that adversity just became a little bit of the norm. And so when when we went to the races, it either felt normal or actually a lot better than maybe some of our training circumstances. That's oh, boy, that there's a there's a lot of layers to that from our own personal experience right dear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, from, yeah, there's, you know, the, it's, it, we laugh about it a lot, but there's, um, if you're ready for adversity, I mean, there's many, many times now, obviously, you know, we have a young son who's eight months old and I'm not racing. And so it's, you know, I, I have to be very, very honest with all of these weather. I've, I've been very challenged. My toughness has been challenged to get out and ride in that, in those conditions. But then I also have to take a step back and say, hey, if I go ride in those conditions and slip and fall or I get sick because, you know, now it started snowing on me and now I have more responsibility of a child. Like I walk in the door and it's full gas. And so but as an athlete, I'm, I'm having that battle of, you know, you know, am I becoming a powder puff because I'm not able to sustain that level of mental toughness? But, um, you know, so from the coaching standpoint, that's been a really interesting journey to learn it. And, maybe have a little bit more compassion um, or understanding of where athletes are coming from. So I think it's actually been very, very helpful, but yeah. So the adversity historically in the McCulloch household, there's been strings and strings of days of rain and snow rides um, because it's, it's just what we needed to do. And, and not saying that that's where the only root of toughness is. Toughness can be, Hey, I'm going to gut out this. You know, one of the, some of the toughest things I've done is I did time trial intervals on the trainer um preparing for the state tt and i i won the state tt that year and i look back and i'm like man those tt efforts on a trainer also this is pre-zwift this is 2014 this is like pre-smart trainers i literally was probably either looking at a wall um sometimes i did it outside like on a porch um i remember moto our dog was sitting in front of us or i'd watch rocky <laughs> which with it's kind of a joke in the house as well but um I look back and I'm like, man, those trainer intervals were so mentally challenging to execute the, to the numbers and to the time. Um, so, the, you know, looking back and, and kind of seeing where the turning points were or where kind of some 
you can then hinge on those when you get into the competition. I know she speaks to that later on as well. I, I wanted to make mention the first thing that came to my mind when you started talking about the rain rides. Uh, I remember long before we were dating, I was just, uh, I, we had gone to a race called the Boulevard Road Race down in uh, just east of San Diego by a by pretty big margin. And uh, you were, at the time, you were a professional mountain bike racer and you were going to ride road and it was like one of your first road rides i remember and we got down there and it was raining and i just remember you know of course i just thought you were beautiful and i was like oh man i want to like know this girl (laughs) and uh (laughs) you know you know and i remember standing there and i i believe that day you soloed to the wind in the rain with nothing no arm warmers no leg warmers no jacket anything so it like you know, when, when we, when we talked earlier, we said, you know, he who knows his why can bear any how, like you were just so committed and so focused on completing the task that nothing mattered, right? You were just going to get it done. I just remember being so impressed with your commitment level and your, your, your ability to focus at the race. Uh, That was that was really difficult because so many people we were surround. There was no, it was so easy to be around people that were like, Oh, it's miserable. Oh, it's cold. Or, Oh, my feet are numb or, Oh, I can't feel my hands or, Oh, it's scary going downhill into the rain and I can't see or, you know, and those are legitimate gripes. I get it. But, but it was great to see that through all of that adversity, you brought, you know, what I say, like you bring the heat. Right. You just brought it. And I was well, just so impressed. So that, that's that, that was awesome. Well, I think, you know, looking back, you know, obviously that was that was so long ago. And that was probably 2008. And, you know, I, you don't know what you don't know. You know. As a category four road racer, as a professional mountain biker, I mean, I could ride a rock garden, but I'm sure as heck not going to ride, you know, uh, 30 miles an hour in a turn in a criterium um, with any sort of proficiency. And I remember you got to, we got to this race and it was Boulevard is so iconic. And, it, you know, everybody that at that time, if you did Boulevard, you were pretty hardcore. And if you won it, you were legendary, um, specifically in the Cat 4 women's field. Um, I jest, but I remember in, in the parking lot, I think I was there with my brother at the time and, and Brian was just all giddy and excited as usual. And he's like, oh, this great tip for you. You know, it's raining really hard. And, you know, I know you don't have a rain jacket or anything. Just put like like a grocery produce bag, you know, between your base layer and your jersey and you're going to be fine. And I think randomly I had one in the car or some sort of plastic bag. And I was like, I just got the best news ever. This is like, this is going to be phenomenal. I'm I'm going to do a really great job. And something so small and so... Um, almost remedial gave me the confidence of, hey, you know, my 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 core organs are warm. I'm not going to die today. It's fine. You know, who needs dexterity anyways? I know where my brakes are. Um, and just looking back and it's like, oh, it's just what we're going to do. And, you know, over, I, mean, I think the next year at Boulevard, it snowed and there were just these really landmark events that um, that made it you look back and this is, they kind of lay the foundation for what's going to happen when I'm a category one, you know, and if, 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 if that doesn't phase me out of the sport, then now I got a little bolstered my little, my strength and my tenacity and my mental toughness. Um, 
each time we went to, to the battle, each time we went into the octagon in those types of circumstances. That's good stuff there. Uh, the next point that Carrie brings up is resilience. And I, I have to tell all the people listening, like I, I'm, I always write things on, on like a piece of tape or uh, even on the stem itself. And I put it on my stem on my road bike whenever I'm training and I always, or, or even when I'm racing and those things aren't like numbers or, you know, anything like that. What they are is it's like they're concepts that I want to embody when the going gets tough. And something that is always on my mind is resilience and, and being relentless, right? I think resiliency and relentlessness are two things that are very, very symbiotic and they, they, they work well together. And so being resilient, Carrie says, and I'll read directly from it. It says, how quickly your body is able to return to its resting heart rate after physical activity is a sign of your physical fitness. How quickly you regain your composure after a setback is a sign of your resilience and mental fitness. And I love that she talks about that because she makes a connection for people that we're so focused on the body all the time. Like, oh, I need the body to be fresh. I need the body to be fresh. And that's important. That's important because if our bodies are not able, then we certainly can't perform. But what I'll say is that, at least in my experience, when the mind is willing, the body will follow. And it's always seemed to me that if you were meant, if our athletes or the people that we get to work with, if they're, if they can just see it with their mind, and, and have that resiliency and that relentlessness to continue pressing forward. It's amazing what the body can do. And they're going to unlock further potential from themselves that maybe they didn't see initially. But that's only when you have that resilience and you have that relentless uh, notion that I will not quit. Oh, totally. And, and uh, the no quitting or, you know, in, in her article here, she speaks a lot about, um, uh, in verbiage, you know, that this is going to suck versus this is going to be hard. Um, you know, really always highlighting the negative and you, you can, it happens so quickly. And her, her race day tool here is affirmations. And we work a lot with the NICA, the high school mountain bike league, um, athletes. And I always have them fill out a, a paper that's like, hey, you know, what are my race day affirmations? And then I started thinking, like, well, why don't I do this for adults? You know, one of the main things I started this business was I wanted to tr have physical education or PE transcend into adulthood, even though we all aged out of PE at like age 18. And so I started, you know, moving that over to my adults as they're going, you know, maybe it's to their event or maybe it's to a big training ride or maybe it's a big race they have. Like, what are your affirmations? And I kind of look back and I... I remember um, when I was first started racing professionally mountain bikes, at, uh, it was when Norba was huge, it's 2008, you know, going into Olympic year, it was 75 women at the Fontana City National at a mountain bike race, which is now like unheard of. But we're, we had Olympians from multiple countries there. And I remember standing on the line and probably audibly saying, I belong here. I deserve my upgrade. I belong here. I'm amongst my peers. 
to having these affirmations to basically talk yourself off the ledge, but then affirm all the hard work that you've done. You know, I've, I've been speaking a lot to, you know, I've, I've students that now are, sorry, clients that are now, um, they're going to get a call up at their NICA race. And I keep reminding them, you know, affirm yourself on your really, on your fifth place performance last week. Affirm yourself on, I've been doing the work. I trust my tires. My bike is in best running condition. So the affirmations, even like descending Oak Glen really, really fast. What are you going to think about? Are you going to say like, holy cow, this is scary. Or like, this is, or am I going to say, man, I trust my tires. So teaching those affirmations has literally nothing to do with physical fitness. But somebody will be able to achieve much greater things if they don't employ that into their tactics. That that's that's so good. There's so much there's so much there with this. And and I think these affirmations, she kind of closes with this statement in, in this particular section. She says, affirmations are powerful messages that can influence your feelings of competence and confidence. She says, craft a list of positive and powerful statements that will fuel your confidence on race day. And I think so much of that, that quote, the last bit of that will fuel your confidence on race day. We do so much training and I feel with our athletes, they do so much work. They invest time money, effort. They make sacrifices and time away from family to be able to to have the fitness to do these big events, whether they be a Leadville, whether they be a Dirty Kansas, whether they be a local criterium or a cyclocross race. It takes a lot of commitment to be an endurance athlete and a cyclist. It takes a lot of effort. It's a full-time commitment, right? And so you've done all of this work. We want to have people do things that fuels their confidence on race day. And just like you said, you said it, even though you're surrounded by Olympians, you can sit there and say, I belong here. And something that, I, that I've been exposed to was this notion to give yourself permission to be successful. And I think that's really fascinating because historically, I don't have tremendous self-confidence. In fact, that's probably one of my greatest weaknesses. I don't have a lot of self-confidence. And, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but it just is, right? But, uh, and it's something I work on and I battle with. And thankfully, Joy, you're always so, so kind to help me with that when I have my, my moments of weakness. But what I, what I would say is fueling, fueling your race day confidence is just so important. I can't stress it enough for our athletes to be able to say, Hey, I belong here. I give my permission, myself permission to be successful today, right? That doesn't success doesn't have to mean you win. Okay. Success can be finishing the bike race. I had an athlete just the other day who I, he was doing his first road race. And I said, success is staying with the Peloton till halfway through the race. That was success. Right. But that seems like I'm, I'm lowering the bar and that's not it at all. That genuinely was success. And we high fived about it. And I was so proud of him for achieving that goal. That was a major goal. It required a lot of stress. It required him to, to go through adversity to, to get himself very uncomfortable. But on the line, he can help make that achievable by saying, I belong here. Right. By, by giving himself the confidence on race day and fueling that confidence with these affirmations. So. That's that's lovely, Joy, and and I think that leads into our third point that uh, Mrs. Cheadle says, and she talks about attitude. What what are your thoughts on attitude? 
Well, attitude, you know, it comes, I, I played collegiate basketball and it was a very, and I moved from there into coaching uh, varsity level high school basketball and attitude was, man, it can make or break a game and le- really learning there, you know, one, one bad egg can really trickle down. And I remember my basketball coach in college was like, would tell us, Hey, I don't care if you make one mistake. But when that mistake trickles down into three, four, five, seven mistakes, you're out. You know, and he would never let it get that far. But just saying we can all make mistakes and and then dealing with that, like my attitude towards that mistake. Am I going to let it spiral? You know, now with our child who's eight months old, I'm like, oh, he's circling the drain. You know, he's just going to add one more thing and he's just going to spiral and go all the way down. Um as, as adults, we have to really practice and, and work to not do that. And we don't want to, um, you know, I've worked a lot over the years on not being a sad panda or not putting things in my backpack and not, or not being a Debbie Downer because I, we can so easily, and I'll, you know, use myself specifically, I can so easily see that one negative thing and remember that one thing that I didn't do just right or maybe I messed up, but always forgetting these great other things you know all the other things that I did well or I really accomplished things so attitude can really 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 make a difference um and that's where I really enjoy where she spoke about or wrote about thought stopping how am I going to when I get those negative thoughts you know the breakaway went and I should have been there what an idiot you know who hasn't said that before so how do you kind of reset and reevaluate and come up with a different game plan? So I think for me, I really use the the reset button, you know, it, whether or not it's, you know, I'm doing a big effort or I'm on one of these grand faunas. Grand faunas are so challenging. They're like the most, most challenging, very difficult type of events. So, you know, break them into pieces. And once I get to the top of, you know, Dead Man Summit on the Mammoth Grand Fauna, I'm going to reset and think about the rest. But you can transfer that into thought style. Like as soon as I get some sort of negative, like, well, of course, you know, that really good team's here. So I'm going to suck today. Why? That's a completely unfounded thought. But everyone gets that. They're like, oh, they're here. You know, they're all wearing their 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 matching stuff. And, you know, we're going to lose. There's There's nothing that substantiates that. So to have some processes set in stone. So when as soon as I get kind of that knee jerk reaction. How do I squash it? And so she speaks about that thought stopping of just you you can't go down that road. I wanted to add these couple of sentences that, that Carrie, she writes so well. She says, mentally tough athletes have an unshakable belief in their ability to accomplish their goals and know that one bad day doesn't define them. I'm going to read that again. One bad day does not define them. They know that, okay? These athletes use failures as feedback, and they carry what they learn into the next competition. It is amazing to see that, and I think so many people can just build on this one piece, and that one piece is using failure as feedback and learn from it. Okay. If we, if our, if I could just imp- just impart one thing to our athletes, I just hope that they can look at failure and 
use it for feedback. And then we can learn from it together because that's why you have a coach, right? It's someone that is objective and is a third party that can look at you and only wants the best for you. We're advocates for people. So it's wonderful when somebody has a failure, we can dissect it. We can work through it. We can take all of that feedback and we can help make the training better. We can help make the uh, mental toughness side of it better. We can make the equipment better, the preparation better, all of the other things that we're trying to do as a coach to help our athletes be as well-rounded as possible. And so something that I love that Carrie Cheadle is saying is that use failure as feedback and just carry that into the next competition. Okay, whether that's the next training session, you know, because really we're competing against ourselves. Let's be real. Let's be real because we can't control very much outside of ourselves. Okay, when cycling is such a challenging sport because there's so much outside of ourselves and there's so much when you watch something like the Tour de France or or, you know, any Olympics or anything like that, you see there's all of these things that are the drama is because people can't control everything. It's not orchestrated perfectly. There's so many things outside of our control. These athletes are just so raw because of that. So if we can just get in the mindset that we can take these, any failure, any failure of any size, small, medium, large, magnificent, it doesn't matter. If we can take those pieces and we can take the feedback, dissect them, break them down, learn from them, and then apply that to our next competition, our next training session, and get back out and just pick yourself up and keep moving forward. I mean, that's where I really think, and and I know you think this, Joy, but your potential. Humans have so much potential. And we see that what we love about being coaches, that we see that potential in other people. And this is where their own attitude can help that propel them forward at such a such a fast rate and sh- and and achieve that potential and start to actualize it just because they're always learning. Yeah, totally. And I think you know, there's having the the fortitude to to look that failure in the eye and to dissect that stuff. You know, you don't need to belabor any of these points, but we don't need to sweep them under the rug either. And so there's a lot of learning in that that self honesty. And again, that mental toughness, you know, looking back, you know, what, how am I going to develop my resiliency? How, how, how am I going to change my attitude? You know, and my attitude, you know, when you're having that look back at the commitment and look back at how do I need to refocus? And so I think these four kind of pillars, these cornerstones are really helpful for a lot of areas, you know, looking, looking at stuff you're involved with maybe outside of your athletic pursuits as well. Um, looking at, you know, how, how far am I going to go? And is it really worth it? Look back and ask yourself, you know, well, what are my goals and what am, what am I wanting to attain from this? That's lovely. That's lovely. And, you know, one of the things that, that Carrie, she ends with that I thought was really appropriate. And I wanted to share with our athletes is mental toughness is not one single skill. It's many skills. And that as an athlete, you aren't born mentally tough. It's something you have to work for. And that to me, I think some people could look at that and, and say, Oh, well, some people have more, you know, skill than me or maybe more talent than me or this, that, the other. And maybe they look at it as a negative. I look at that as a huge positive, right? Because there is 
There's no talent required for this. There's no talent required. Mental toughness is not something that requires talent. It's just something that requires practice. It's something that you work on day in and day out in each of your training sessions. And the, and the beautiful thing, and I think you would agree, Joy, is that we find so much success with our athletes that are, I'll just say, 30 years and, old, and older, right? And many of our athletes are in their 40s, 50s, and we even have a few athletes in their 60s, right? And those people are so mentally resilient. They're so mentally tough. And that comes from everyday life. That comes from the setbacks they had in their profession. That comes in the challenges they faced uh, in their personal lives. It comes in all forms and fashion. And what they do is they just, they adapt, they overcome, and they continue to press forward. And so when I look at this notion that mental toughness isn't one skill, it's, it's many skills, I look at that as how, what a great opportunity to work hard and get better and help our athletes improve. And so I hope that they'll be able to read this article. They'll be able to listen to this podcast and they'll, they'll be able to say, Hey, today, here's what I can do to get better tomorrow. Here's what I can do to get better. And they'll be able to, you know, hopefully we're, we're, we're coaching them and we get to be a part of that journey because it's something that I love to do and uh, just help them get better. But that to me is, is if anybody can take something from this article it's that there are many skills. You can get better at it every day and no talent is required. This is just something that takes showing up, being committed, staying focused, being having a great attitude, right? All of these things are simple things that every single person listening to this can do today, tomorrow, this weekend, next week, next month, all year long to be successful. And imagine if you did these little things every day, how much better you'd be in six months? How much better would you be in one year? Totally. No, and it just takes, you know, a little bit of commitment here and there. It, you know, just chipping away at it. And there's, there's no need. It doesn't happen all at once. That's for sure. Well, I'll say here in closing, for those at home listening, uh, we're coming here from Camp McCullough, Big Wheel Coaching. And uh, I have to tell you what an honor it is to be able to work with joy, work with my wife, and, and just to be able to spend this time talking business with everyone here um, and talking about human performance and the opportunity is such a nice thing. We, we've, we've been on the Divide and Conquer program for about eight months now with baby Seamus, and uh, so much of it is, is Divide and Conquer. But when we have these opportunities to talk and share our ideas um, and our experiences to help our athletes get better. I, that's just something that I think is so positive and motivating. And I hope everyone gets a lot out of it. And so thank you, Joy, for taking the time to to do this, because I know you're busy and you have athletes that you're looking after and, and getting ready for the Redlands Bicycle Classic next next week. So uh, thank you so much for, for doing this with me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and we'll uh, see you in the kitchen in five. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> no. Very good. Well, to let's everyone, make, let's uh, make some dinner. <laughs> okay. Well, to everyone uh, who's listening, thank you so much for being a part of the Big Wheel Coaching family. We just, we want to see you be successful. So if there's anything that we can do to help you with your journey, 
you just get in contact with us either by through social media, through email. You can email me or Joy anytime at bigwheelcoaching at gmail.com. We have two wonderful coaches with us, uh, Brady Kiss and Leo Bugtai. Both of them are extremely passionate and they work super hard and they love the, they love coaching like we love coaching and, and we think of them as family. So thank you everyone who's listening. Thank you. If you have any questions or feedback, please let us know. Uh, and we were going to keep, uh, keep doing these things and we're going to keep getting better. So thanks so much for listening. And, uh, until next time, train hard, have fun and be safe. Yeah. We'll see you all, uh, hopefully on the road soon.